in Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they stay, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? I'm going to stay right, say right here at this point. God has good news for his people, but he always begins with checking that which is out of the way. And so we must go through this, but we will go to what the Lord has brought us to, which is through penitence, through contrition, through repentance, through remorse, thorough cleansing of ourselves. And we have fallen, as it were, on our faces before the Lord, 21 days plus seeking God, and even more than that, for the deliverance of God's people. Surely the Lord has taken notice and He's helping. He's given grace to endure, not only for the afflicted, but for those who have voluntarily afflicted themselves with fast and prayer. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And He brings us to the trust and faith in Him and the promise of God. And so we read this as a, not as a, uh, an obligation but it is good to read the word of the Lord and to check if anyone would be out of the way to correct themselves we can join together in seeking God the way he desires but we go through this as a preliminary to the promises of God God is a good God we already know from the Psalms that he does not afflict his people willingly but he chastens us and as we humble ourselves and chasten ourselves that is discipline ourselves and cause us to be ourselves to be humble before his face God will do great things God never fails Jesus never fails so the Lord says is this not the fast that I've chosen we can check ourselves as we Read this, are we among this group? What is the kind of fast that God chooses? He says, more than the food or the type of food to abstain from and the mannerisms of self-discipline externally, he says, the fast that I want is when you loose the bonds of wickedness, when you undo the heavy burdens, when you let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. In other words, he said, depart from oppressing anyone. Help those who are helpless. But make sure while you're doing charity work, you don't oppress people who live in your house. You don't oppress your own family. God wants a pure sacrifice, not a pretense. Many, many people do 
good works, quote-unquote, charitable deeds, but their hearts are full of bitterness and lack of love for their own people, flesh and blood. God says, I don't want that hypocrisy. I want you to undo. That's the kind of fast I want. When you take that sackcloth and you take the ashes and you come before me in petition pleading, I will move heaven and earth to help you and your loved ones. Just make sure you belong to this group, not from verses 1 to 5, hypocrisy, but this group where you are just and fair and merciful. And verse 7, you share your bread with the hungry. You see the order. Many people, it's easy to take a piece of bread and give to someone. It's a good thing if it's done with the right motives before the Lord. And so the Lord checks the heart before the hand. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? There's something to be said here of the doctrine that we espouse, that we know, okay, God wants me to be just. But with that, I must do the second part too. Can neglect the latter without doing the former and vice versa. That you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. What is the result? What are we believing for as a church, as the people of God? We want healing. We want glory of God to come and take us over. The Lord says, I promise you I'll do it. If you do this, be pure. That's why the emphasis is repeatedly on sanctification. It's biblical and there's no other way to pray. Any church or Christian that endeavors to pray prayers out of a book, liturgy, or memorize prayers, or prayers on the spot, filled with emotion, lots of tears and sackcloth and ashes. If the heart is not pure, the Bible says God doesn't want to hear it. But people don't want to hear that, which God preaches repeatedly to his people. That's why in our ministry, in our church, the Holy Spirit repeatedly emphasizes that our hearts are right. Now, when our hearts are right, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to gather together, to be together. It's like that anointing. The oil, the ointment came down on the first high priest Aaron. Special, sacred, aromatic, fragrant to God. What does God say? This is what we're waiting for. Then shall your light break forth like the morning. Beautiful, Glory, breaking through the darkness. Your healing shall bring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. Notice the prerequisite. It's not just Psalm 66, 18. Isaiah 58, Psalm 15, Matthew 5. All over the Bible, God says what he's looking for. What people don't want to hear today. Most people in the churches want to get to the good stuff. What's that? Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's rally. Let's cry. Let's shout. Let's make our promotion. 
much ado about nothing before God. But if I just humble myself and say, Lord, I put my hand over my mouth. Let me listen first very clearly to the cleansing you're looking for, Lord, before you come into the temple, before you come into the church to do a mighty work. May every one of us check ourselves to make sure we're in the right place before God because He sees all. If every one of us has that connection truly before the all-seeing eyes of God, the awesome God from whom we cannot escape, then when we come together, God will do mighty things. And God is waiting to do more glorious things. He said, when you call now, I will answer. You should cry and he will say, here I am. The conditions again laid out. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, a lot of burdens and accusation and oppression. It's a very curious thing that a Christian can do these things in their own home and think that they can get away with it by having a Christian smile, a hallelujah on the outside. God says, be true to me, inside and outside, and watch what I'll do. Glory, the morning shall break through. Healing will come. The light will come like the morning. You don't do this, but you do something else. You extend your soul to the hungry. Extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy it from the heart. Many, many people do charitable deeds externally. Their hearts are not fully there with the objective that I'm helping my fellow human being and I have his best interest, her best interest at heart. In fact, as a believer, I know this is just a means to tell them about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Any Christian who does charitable deeds without having the clear objective of leading that person to Christ praying for them with a burden that they should know the Savior because this food will perish, their bodies will perish, but their souls will go forever somewhere, either heaven or hell. And I have an obligation to be my brother's keeper, to help him or her, sister, to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Again, glory will come, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Whatever it is that is weighing you down, weighing us down, repeated rays of light from heaven charge the atmosphere by God's presence. He is the God who breaks, and He's the breaker. Hallelujah. He goes before us breaks down the iron doors doors of bronze hallelujah the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul and drought and strengthen your bones this is what we desire you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail we want to be revived ourselves and we want to be agents of revival the Lord says, if this is what you want, this is what I will give you. Meet the conditions now. What if someone says, Lord, 
I'm not oppressing anyone. I'm checking my heart daily. I'm falling before you, Lord, on my face, pleading for your mercy upon our loved ones here. And my God, I have no strength. The Lord says, for you, endure. In your patience, hold on to the promise. It won't tarry. It will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Took a long time for Job. Took a long time for David, as we heard recently in the evening call. It took a long time for Joseph. But God came through. Praise be to God. You should be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. God will come through and make us people who will restore that which has been ruined by sin and Satan working in our families, our communities, everywhere we go. That's the type of healing God is looking for. That's the call he has for those who sing that song. God's got an army marching through the land Deliverance is their song. They have healing in their hands. Who? Only the ones who have clean hands and pure hearts, who have left off oppressive ways, who are little in their own sight, make much of the living God, boast of Him and in Him all day long, and honor others above themselves. What kind of person is that? And where do you find such a person? They're few, far and few. Few and far number. They're the minority. Like Elijah. God is raising an army to have a showdown with the demons of hell. But only those who can be clothed in white, God's righteous robe. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, that sacred day that God assigned them, from doing your pleasure on my holy day. It's a principle that we can draw from. Why not? There are people who are so liberal, so much, quote-unquote, anti-legalism, anti-legalistic. We can do anything. We can go to church and then throw on a pair of shorts and go to the beach and just have a fun old time, speak whatever we want and have a great time. Didn't God say to relax? What about devoting the day to the Lord? Are there not six days to do what we want? Can we even give one day to the Lord? Meditating on His Word? We claim to be too busy, too much pressure on the other days. How about one day? It's a principle. It's not a law. It's certainly a divine principle. When we honor the Lord, He will honor us. And if the day that we set aside to glorify God happens to be the first day of the week in celebration of the resurrection day on the first day of the week why not call it a delight why not do what's good in his sight always every day but especially on that day do things that would draw us closer to him the holy day of the day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing your own ways nor finding your own pleasure nor speaking your own words. 
I mentioned this principle before. When we were growing up, parents didn't know much, but they knew to honor the Lord on His day. And they wouldn't allow us to watch TV and things that we used to do the rest of the week. And we weren't very, very spiritual, but they did certain things and we saw the results. That we attempted to spend that day seeking God. And sometimes my dad would sit at the recliner. I would come by his side. He'll be looking at the hymns and the Word of God and we'll have discussions and throughout the day try to seek God and yes, relax, enjoy the rest, but it was to be God-centered, especially on that day. And we saw prosperity on every level without seeking it. My dad had a very good job. Even my mother was able to accompany him. We had much more income. Everything I wanted, it seemed, I can get. And each of the children skipped a grade, a whole grade. God did so much. It's a principle that we pick up that no one who honors the Lord ever gets shortchanged. You only get blessed. It's not legalism. It's a pathway to prosperity when we honor the Lord in everything. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. I'll set you apart and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. God means to bless us. He means to heal us. He means to send deliverance. Oh, if the church was pure, if there were no divisions, no animosities, no speaking behind the back about one another and the pastors and whoever it is, if there were complete submission to the Lord humbly and to His divine order in the church, And the Spirit of God would come and exalt those who are humble. He will answer our prayers, and He has been answering. Because of the Word of God, the instruction in this church by the grace of God, doesn't happen automatically. Nothing happens automatically. God is able to take a band of people from various quarters for years calling themselves Christians, but really not knowing anything about agape love, living the opposite. He's brought and drawn like a magnet by the Holy Ghost into the fellowship to learn and understand what true love is, to be embarrassed and ashamed truly in the presence of God, to repent and have genuine remorse, and then begin to embrace God's kind of love. And the transformation happens one by one. If leaven can leaven the whole lump, surely the breath of God that comes in to blow out the dirt from false religion, false Christianity, false experience, can revive one soul at a time till the entire body of Christ can rise up with humility, honesty, genuine agape love, holiness of heart, mind, body, utterly devoted to God's fear. Where the praises and the prayer petitions will reach heaven's ears, God's ears. God will send down the blessing. If we can claim that we have come to that point, 
where there is total surrender, every individual, then the answer is on its way in a most glorious fashion where the claim that God will come through will be accurate from heaven's perspective, not by our own self-congratulations. Many people cry mantras. Many people declare. God says, I will answer the one who calls upon me in truth. The one who fears me and loves my truth will obey my truth, my commandments. And so the Lord is drawing us as if with cords. We're standing on the beach, pure. And he calls us deeper into the ocean of his love and his holiness. Till we're all swimming effectively toward the other shore. the Lord standing to receive us when we pray having the connection to the cord the lifeline that he pulls us with the answers will come through that lifeline not only for us but for our loved ones the bigger picture is there's a purging happening the objective is not just the release and the relief for our loved ones God is interested in perfecting our character for eternity because he's interested in where we're going to live forever and how we're going to live the destination and the quality of life in that destination there's a variation there too God is doing many things at once he's omnipotent And it's our thrill to seek out the secret of the king. To see what's my part. Is it just to pray? Or is he purging me? Am I actively understanding and embracing that God is changing me? Yes, my prayer life. But what is the point of that? He's perfecting my character. Purifying me. He's making me aware that the time is short for my own transport to heaven individually and collectively as a church and all the believers in the world that we are absolutely occupied with our Father's business day in and day out wherever we're placed and stationed with holy hands being lifted up in prayer that's God's will it's written in the hour of trial God will come through he can be trusted if it seems that it's long it's true for the faithful the answer will be all the more glorious hallelujah because God is faithful God gives grace to endure and there are prayers offered time to time here where people are understanding from the teaching from the Holy Spirit that we ought not to be an impediment to God's answer individually or collectively. And so there's a proactive measure taken to check one's heart and life rather than just coming together to pray. There's a coming in the fear of God and the love of God and faith. 
faith, which is so important that God will come through. Therefore, we can sing, we can shout, but we also deeply grieve for the suffering of our loved ones. He says, I will make your light break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Isaiah is prophesying and the Spirit of God has recorded this for us also. Where there was impending doom at that time. A lot of things were haywire. God is talking to the remnant. In the midst of gross darkness, as we see in Isaiah 60. In the midst of the gross darkness. Darkness and calamity everywhere. God says, I will arise over you. My glory will be seen upon you. God has the keys to take the shackles off, the burdens off. And with God, He's always on time. But He wants us to be on time, prepared to receive Him for ourselves and our loved ones. God is a good God. God cannot fail. God loves us. God means to do glorious things. We must cry out. We must be fervent. We must be people who endure, not give up. If we're in the Word, we are charged with faith. If we continue to meditate on His promises, we encourage one another about what God said. The bondage was 430 years under the affliction of the Egyptians for God's people. 70 years in Babylonian captivity. How long will it go on? As we hear often through Pastor but there's a start date and end date. But there are prayers that must be offered Daniel was a pure man. He was a holy man. The New Testament church was a pure church. Elements that weren't pure were severely reprimanded and warned, even by the Apostle Paul. They're also encouraged that once you repent, God will restore everything. He'll do everything for you. He's such a good father. The New Testament people, they waited when Peter was put in prison and they prayed. They didn't have those video games in their houses. They didn't have those worldly magazines. They didn't talk worldly talk picking up the telephone. They didn't go to the supermarkets and shopping plazas with covetous eyes. They were not into materialism. They just wanted one thing, to please their Lord and Savior and to be godly examples for one another and to draw the world to the Lord Jesus. 
that was the one thing subdivided into three spheres or areas. God is looking for people who will be 100% sold out to Jesus Christ. And the prayer will be heard by heaven. Peter was set free miraculously. An angel came. Angels are still ministering. We can still call upon God to dispatch angels. But the only people that God will listen to are the people who can have an audience with Him. The people who have clean hands and pure hearts. The people who are dedicated to the Lord. This must be emphasized over and over and over again till we actually are able to automatically share this whenever we pick up the phone or talk to another believer, especially from the outside, from other churches and other places, because they don't know it, they don't want to hear it. But rather they want to rally, sing songs and pray and petition and cry and groan and declare, lay hands. There are cases in which God may see one individual out of a crowd sincerely crying and in answer to that person God may answer and do a miracle but then the rest get pumped up and think that it's because of our righteousness when they're not walking right that's the risk factor involved God knows that and you allow that to go for a season because the word is there they're not ignorant the other cases in which revival happens where the Holy Spirit blows through all of that which is evil out of the church and the entire church is set ablaze to be a holy instrument of praise unto God. And miracles just rain down one after the other. Hallelujah. That is God's desire for this church. And this is the way he works. Through the preaching of the truth. Through the agonizing of prayer that people will give themselves over to the truth. By the petitions repeatedly by people making that decision, that choice. This is my God. He's a holy God. These are God's people, holy people. I'm part of this crowd. I'm not going anywhere. I refuse to step out back into carnality. That's over. I'm living for God, God alone, to sing forth His praises. And then we can be God's army, marching through the land, Deliverance as our song and healing in our hands. Type of prayer and fasting God wants is that which is devoid and minus any kind of sin in our lives. Always the first order of business. Get the leaven out from your house, your backyard, before you come to the temple and offer anything. Perfect sacrifice, pleasing sacrifice. Will the fire of God not fall? God is always dependable and reliable. God is absolutely predictable when it comes to these things. When the sacrifice is on the altar completely, the fire of God will fall. Hallelujah. So God is wrapping up things, He's bringing things nearer to the release time of healing 
restoration, repairing, and a renewal into something much bigger, greater, and glorious. God is not slack. He is always on time. It's easy to come to a certain point because we've been dry so long. We've been lost, wandering so long amongst the churches and amongst the movements and ministries and all these things that we feel sometimes. I finally got a cup of clean water. It is so good. I've been drinking murky water for a long time, getting by with it, thinking that's how it is. Now this cup of clean, fresh water, living water, is so satisfying that I think I can sit for a little while and just drink this and gaze upon nature and feel good about myself. And God says, that's just the beginning. Look at the ocean. I want you to swim in that. An ocean of living water. Fresh water. Heaven's water. The encouragement is, the exhortation is, press in to know the Lord far more than you know Him now. Don't give up or let up. Then the fire from heaven will fall with that explosion we've been hearing about. And tremendous revival all over the world from El Bethel International Ministries Church. God is concerned about all His believers everywhere. He has His people everywhere. Minorities still. Our concern is not the other people God takes care of His own. But where He has placed us, He wants us to make sure we are in His perfect will. And we pray for others. But we have to take care of ourselves first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. God will answer this revival already underway for some time now. And God is encouraging those whose hearts are heavy. It's easy because we're so frail. But He's the God who can inject new life instantly with the Word, with His promise. He truly quickens us by the Holy Spirit. We're able to believe again. Able to believe. Able to shout hallelujah from the heart. Easy to shout hallelujah when we're feeling well. But God is looking for hallelujahs when all hell is broken out against us. Glory be to God. And God will come and vindicate his own. It's written in Isaiah. God looked for someone to intercede, to bring salvation. There was no one. So he put on his helmet of salvation. He put on breastplate of righteousness. He's our model. Ephesians 6 says, you put on breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation. You know who put on first? Jesus did. Hallelujah. He couldn't find anyone to save his people. So he did it. He was riding with that salvation to help 
He put on the breastplate of righteousness to show. This is how you go to battle. Hallelujah. Isaiah 63. It's written. Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I, who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone and from the peoples no one was with me. For I have trodden them in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood is sprinkled upon my garments is the enemies of the Lord and I have stained all my robes. God is a God of vengeance against evil. For the day of vengeance is in my heart and the year of my redeemed has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is coming to redeem. I looked, but there was no one to help. And I wondered that there was no one to uphold. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation for me. And my fury, it sustained me. I have trodden down the peoples in my anger, made them drunk in my fury, and brought down their strength to the earth. God is the one who comes to help his people. He's the one who comes wearing this helmet. We see his indignation in Isaiah 59, very next chapter. It says in verse 15, So truth fails. It's fallen in the street, verse 14, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. It's not fashionable to do the right thing. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Same theme as in the other chapter. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. It's the only way to battle, brothers and sisters. It's not just a war cry and a shout and a song and a gathering together, mobilizing and boosting one another. God is looking for truth in the inward parts. And he's showing that you go to battle with righteousness as your breastplate. Got to be righteous in the heart. Have the helmet of salvation on the head. Carry that. Have that connection with God he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing again the theme of vengeance and was clad with zeal as a cloak he was burning with fury to go and accomplish the will of the father according to their deeds what do they do they hurt God's people these demons and evil people casting spells and all kinds of wickedness God says I'm going to repay them fury to his adversaries recompense to his enemies the coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression. Notice, you can never escape this. It's a wonder how people can preach sermon after sermon, have outlines and powerpoints and books after books, coddle the people's ears, empower them, 
while they are full of the world and filth and evil. Who will he come to? All the people in all the churches? To the ones who leave sin, says the Lord. As for me, glorious promise, says the Lord, our generation, this is my covenant with them. Every one of us who are sincere before God, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. And then we see, arise, shine, for your light is come. Hallelujah. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Shall we draw near to God? Father, I pray, cleanse every heart, Lord, the precious blood of the Lamb of God, Father, you're a God who doesn't break a bruised reed or quench a smoking flax. Lord Jesus, cause us, Lord, even as we cry up to you in the hour of desperation, many of us for our loved ones, Lord, all of us for our loved ones in the faith, Jesus, who brings forth justice for truth. Help us to be just people. Oh God, we need a purging and cleansing that our prayers will be that much more effective, truly effective. And thank you, Lord, the bigger picture, Lord, where we seek relief, especially for the innocent, Lord, who are suffering. This work you're doing in our hearts, making us really check ourselves, everyone, till this church becomes purified as you prophesied. To the end of the birth, thanks, will come the glorious result, the fruit. Be glory, Lord. Father, we lift up those who are suffering. The word of promise, Lord. You said you will draw near to those who draw near to you. Those who call upon your truth, you will answer. Cry out to you, Lord. You said you will come to Zion. Redeemer will come. Come soon, Lord. To release your people. Jesus. Especially those who trust in you, my King. Shorten it, Lord. Turn the captivity, Lord. Show forth your glory for the innocent. For your loved ones who believe in you. For those you're purging, Lord, and refining for greater glory, greater ministry, hallelujah. And for those who don't know you, Lord, that are concerned, have a great concern for the relatives especially. My God, that you'd open the eyes, oh Lord, and turn them to the light. Jesus. Lord, minister your grace. Abundant showers, Lord, upon us, the Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Release her from the long, Father, trial. You are God who said you will come through. Lord, you cannot fail. Hallelujah. Beseech you, Lord. You would put an end to all the suffering and speak the word. As the King Father, continue the ministry you've given her in a far more glorious way. Abba, Father, take every pain, every suffering for the child. Bring her out, Father. 
glorious victory with the helmet of salvation and every piece of armor you've given, Lord. To do battle in the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To claim territory for heaven rapidly when she comes out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for Stephen and Glancy, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for quickening them, Lord. Holy Spirit, oh my God, destroy every infection, every remnant of the disease. Set them free, Lord. May the children know the joy of salvation of the Lord in their parents in the home. Hallelujah. Blow out by the Holy Spirit every remnant of germ, Father, from the pit of hell in their home. Cause, Father, your praise to abound. And your people, Lord, to go forth in victory, proclaiming your name everywhere. Thank you, my God. Jesus, guide them by the Holy Spirit, Father. Thank you, Lord, for relieving us. By faith of, Lord, fearful predictions of Satan. We choose to believe your word, Lord. Lord, when we cry to you in truth, you hear and help our loved ones. Lord, when they praise your holy name in the midst of the storm, you'll come down mightily. Hallelujah. Oh, we wait for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing a mighty thing, a great thing, Lord, delivering your people. Pray for Jeff's father, Lord, who Jeff said is a believer, Lord, have mercy upon him, strengthen him, Father. Have mercy upon him, Lord. May he see your glory, Father. Jesus. Stretch forth your hand, Lord. Save your people. Others, Lord, in the prayerless, Lord, for suffering. Have mercy upon them, Lord. Especially those, Lord, who know you, my God, your precious jewels, Lord, that you have made up. Father, have pity. Father, Father, have mercy upon the families. Father, reverse everything that is against them, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, send help from heaven, armies, Lord, to destroy every work of Satan. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Comfort, Lord. Comfort, comfort, Lord. Pray for those among us, Lord, who are praying for those who are not saved. Help them, Lord. Help Jeff's niece, Lord, and sister to turn to you quickly, Lord. Jesus, mercy upon them, Lord. Thank you for giving an opportunity. Grand opportunity. I'll open the eyes. Thank you for sustaining Jeff, Jenny, Stanley, Jinsey, Stephen and Glancy, oh my God. The parents, Lord, all the ones, Lord, loved ones, sustaining us, Lord. Ascurva, Lord, Esther, thank you for moving your people, Lord. People who are seeking righteousness, they're crying out, Lord, lifting up holy hands. There are those, Father, who are lifting up holy hands with pure hearts. By the mercies of the living God, they've come to surrender everything. And Lord, those brothers and sisters who are praying day and night, you're hearing from heaven. Glory be to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, mobilize a bigger army with holy hands and pure hearts. While you draw us closer to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving grace, Lord. Unless you give grace, no one can pray. No one can sustain prayers. No one can continue to believe. The gift of God is written in Ephesians, Lord. Even the faith we possess is the gift of God. 
by the grace of God. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name, Father. We thank you for victory. Oh, thank you for victory. Oh, Lord, we raise up the banner of the cross. Jesus is our victory. My God, lift up every heart that's weighed down. Oh, Father, every body that's so tired. Sleeplessness, Lord, my God. Thank you, Father. Your answer is coming, Lord. Blessed be your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Redeemer, come to Zion. Set your people free. When the Lord turned again the captive Zion, we like them to dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and a tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your victory in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Guide us, Lord. Guide us, Lord. Guide our prayers to glory. We release of the people of God. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.